0: that's going to be happening. I'll talk more about that. I'll show you the communion cups tonight and uh, how we're going to be doing that. So if you have your Bible, I want you to open it up to the book of Luke chapter 19. I want to share with you a message the Lord gave me about praise and about dealing with, about dealing with praise. You know, the, the, the this is a very well-known story, obviously, uh, in Luke 19 about the, what's called the triumphant entry, um, where Christ is entering in. And of course, you You've seen this enough probably in movies that you've watched or at least heard the story about Jesus riding in on a donkey and that, um, you know, uh, and uh, as he's riding in, people are laying their coats down and putting palm branches on the ground and uh, they're shouting out Hosanna to him and uh, making a declaration about him. And uh, so we're going to read this. I want to read parts of this to you and I want to focus on some different aspects. But before we do that, I want you to write down three, wor- three phrases for me, if you would. Those of you that are taking um, notes, I want you to write down, number one, I want you to write memorial praise, memorial praise, M-E-M-O-R-I-A-L, memorial praise. And then I want you to write down, number two, I want you to write down what we're going to call environmental praise, which I addressed a, l- a little bit earlier, environmental praise. And then number three, I want you to write down predictive praise. So I want you to write those three things down if you would. And, uh, and then we'll go through these and I'll give you some verses and write these down and you can study this out. But this will be really helpful to you understanding about how praise works in the life, how God has ordained praise in the life of a believer and uh, how that we can experience uh, the benefits of the word of God in our life through our praise. So as you read this passage here and it says, Um, They went and got the donkey, but those who were sent their way, this is in verse 32, they found the donkey just as he had said to them. And as they were loosing the colt, the owner said to them, why are you loosing the colt? They said, the Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus and they threw their own clothes on the colt and set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then, as he was now drawing near the descent of Mount Olives, the whole multitude of the disciple began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. And that's, that's an important phrase there. They began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. And it says, for all, now look at this, for all the mighty works that they had seen. Now this is really cool because you could miss this if you were just quickly going through this. These, they are rejoicing for all the mighty works that they had seen. Seen. And I want you to remember that, okay? All the mighty works they had seen, these believers that are there, they're praising Him. Not everybody that was there was praising, okay? But the believers, they, those who believed, the disciples, the multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had experienced or had seen. And this is what they said Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. So they begin to give praise. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, teacher, rebuke your disciples. Like I said, not everybody that we know of was praising. There were people obviously in the crowd that joined in, but the disciples had a specific reason they were praising the Lord. And it's because of what they had seen him do. All right. And verse 40, and he answered to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. The stones would immediately cry out. You know, as I was really praying over this, I started thinking about why did he talk about the stones? Why did he mention this about the stones? You know, stones played a really important part in the life of the Israelite because Israelites would take stones and set them up as memorials. They would set them up in a remembrance of something that had happen, a covenant that was established, a landmark that was put in place. In Proverbs chapter 23, in verse 18, I believe it is, it says that, uh, it's either 23, 10 or 18, I can't read my own writing, but it says there that do not remove the ancient landmarks that have been set by our fathers. Do not remove those ancient, those things that are markers in our life. And so when Jesus makes this statement, and he says, look, if these don't testify, if these don't praise me, if these don't glorify me, the stones would immediately cry out, would immediately cry out. And what he's saying here is, is that, look, these rocks that are here have seen my miraculous works. I mean, these rocks are memorials that I, as I have walked past, you know, I was thinking about this this morning as I was... Uh, out, we were taking care of our animals. We have a lot of uh, rocks on our property um, that, uh, you know, that have been, I'm assuming that back in the in the early uh, 1900s, whenever they were digging rocks out of the ground to get them, to turn them into, you know, so they could get the fields ready to do, they just started piling them up. Eventually, they took those rocks and they split them and they made the foundations of our home and the foundations of our barn. And uh, But those rocks, what have what have those rocks seen in the last 100 and what have they what have they been through they've been through world war 1 they've been through world war 2 they've been through the korean war they've been through the vietnam war they've been through the iraq war they've been through the spanish flu they have been through the bird flu they've been through the asiatic flu they've been through The SARS deal they've been through look they've been through the great depression they've been through the great Recession and here's what those rocks could say you're going to make it you're going to get through it we get through it you're going to get through it we're still here you're still here you're going to get through this they're a testimony and and what happens when why Jesus makes reference to this I mean it seems silly you know I'm holding a rock up here in my hand uh you know but but I want you to think about you know when we were kids we used to, I don't know maybe you didn't do this but when we were in some place and we saw a really cool rock we might pick that rock up right we'd bring it home with us and 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 maybe put it in on our dresser or or put it in a drawer and whenever we looked at that rock what did it do to us it reminded us. Of something that happened, we do that. I do that with seashells too. You know. Now, you know, you pick up shells in certain places. You know. I have a rock that's in my office that's a Petoskey stone, and, and that Petoskey stone was given to me by Gary Esther. And so when I picked that up, I'm thankful for Gary Esther that he that he helped me because he knew how much I wanted one. And he said, here, I just want to give this to you. So, you know, uh, and I'm not asking for any more Petoskey stones, please. But, but you know, it's, it's a thing that it's something that even though you would look at it and go, that's just a rock, right? To me, it isn't just a rock. It has meaning to it. It has a memorial to it. And that's what Jesus is saying to all of these that are these Pharisees. They're like, tell your guys to tell your disciples to shut up, tell them to stop praising you. Because what they are doing is, is that, and now catch it, they are memorializing what Jesus has done in their praise. They're praising him because remember what we looked at? Because of what he had done. Now I want you this morning. I want you to put your thinking cap on and I want you to ask yourself a question. Have you ever seen God do anything in your life? In your family, in your finances? Have you ever seen God's help? Have you ever been touched by God? You know, I, I you know as I'm pr- preaching here of course there's empty chairs here today, but when I look around because I've been pastor here for almost 30 years now that I, I I see people in those same seats, except Jeannie Chaffin, who moves around all the time now on me. But um, most everybody sits in the same spot that they've always sat in. And so, you know, when you walk in, you you look in those areas for them, and you kind of know they're not here today because they're not in that seat that they always sat in. Well, when I look at people around here in my mind's eye, I see testimonies after testimonies after testimonies in people's lives of things that 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 have happened where God has healed you, God has delivered you, God has birthed something new in your home, God has taken you out of a, a miry mucky clay that you were in of depression and discouragement, and he has brought you out, He has brought you out, and I just think look. I want you just to think for a minute. You say, well, I've never, I don't, I've never seen God do anything. I've never experienced God doing anything. Well, get ready because you're about to. You're about to. But what we have to recognize in this is that there is an aspect of our life in praise where we are what I'm what we are doing, what I mentioned to you earlier, and that is memorial praise. Memorial praise. You know have you ever thought about it that when we go to the gravesides of our loved ones that they've put stones over top of those graves for most of them anyways? And those stones are a memorial to them. When we go there, we know their we know their bodies there. We don't see their body anymore. but what we see is the memorial that makes us think about the Christmases and it makes us think about the Easters and it makes us think about all the things that they have meant to us, all the things that happened in our life, the love that we had for them, the love that they had for us. We remember all those things. Stones are an important part to this, and that's why Jesus brings this up, that the rocks would cry out, because they've seen it all, because they've, they've, they bear witness to who he is. He wasn't saying the rocks are going to start screaming, but he's saying that they are testimonies of who I am. The, the walls of the temple that lay uh, that are here, they, they know who I am. They know the presence of who I am and the power of who I am. They've seen the miracles that I have done. These that are praising the Lord and giving glory to him are giving what I call memorial praise. And I want to tell you, this is really important, especially when you're really, really discouraged. It's time to go back and remember. Look, I, I'm getting... I was sharing yesterday with our elders online. I get between 50 to 80 text messages or emails or communications a day from our congregation, primarily from our congregation. And uh, I'm starting to see that discouragement's trying to set in. Depression's trying to set in. Frustration's trying to set in. But out of all of that, really what's trying to set in is fear is trying to set in. It's trying to. But look, you have got to put up a sign on your door. Fear, no fear here. No fear. We are not going to be afraid. Why should I be afraid? That's what the psalmist said. Why should I be afraid? Why should I be downcast? Why should my soul be downcast? Hope in God. Put your faith. Well, you're just, you're just, you know, you're just telling us you know, just to be encouraged and blah, 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 and nothing's changing. You don't know that. You don't know that. Things are changing the creator of the heavens and earth in one moment could blast all of that virus out of this area, blast it off the universe i mean look there's power in the blood of jesus christ and there's power in the name of jesus christ i want you to think right now if you haven't done it you know maybe you'd maybe what you could do today that might help you a little bit is to put right there on that facebook page today right there on that timeline say God healed me back in so and so. I got a text from Joan Rice this last week, who was telling me that, uh, you know, that she that uh, she miraculously she was scheduled to go in for surgery on her shoulder, and miraculously her shoulder got healed. Look, that's memorial praise. She's got something to praise the Lord. She sent me another one. She says I was trying to figure out how to get my ties to the church, and praise the Lord, an offering envelope showed up in the letter that you sent us. So. Look, and you say, well, those are just, you know, what's the big whoop about that? That's not the coronavirus. But it's a start, memorializing praise in your life for what God has done. God has, the times that God has been there for you. When you called unto the Lord. Look, I can't tell you that every time, I, I wish I could, but that every time that I've been frustrated, downcast, and discouraged that I called out to God and saw a miracle happen. I can't tell you that, but I do know this. There have been plenty of times that I have seen miracles happen. And I know God, look, we can't, you know, it's like Spurgeon said, we can't always see God's hand at work, but we can always trust God's heart. And we can trust that God is working and God is mightily working. This is Palm Sunday. These people are praising him for what? They're praising him because they know that he is a deliverer, that he is a that he, is the, he brings peace from heaven to them and they're giving glory to God in the highest. They recognize him as the King of kings and Lord of lords, memorial praise. The second kind of praise I wanted to mention to you is what I call environmental praise. And this is really awesome because, you know, in, in memorial praise, what we're doing is we're praising God for what he has done. But in environmental praise, we're praising him for who he is, who he is. You know, when you read Acts chapter 16, and I know you'll know this testimony, but, you know, Paul and Silas, they've obeyed God, and they have done what the Lord said to do, and I mean, and here they're in trouble. They're in big trouble. They end up getting beat. They end up getting locked up in a prison, and look, it wasn't anything even close to the prisons that we have today. And here they are locked up. If they had to go to the bathroom, they had to go in their own clothing because there was no place. They're, they couldn't get up. And here's the thing. While they're sitting there in these horrible, diseased environment, what do they decide to do? And it's midnight. And it's a moment when it seems like it's, you know, they say midnight's the darkest part of the night. And at that moment in their life, what do they do? They decide, you, see because, I, in fact, I want you to turn there. If you have your Bible, just go over to Acts 16 with me real quick. And I want to read this to you because I think this is so cool. Because I want you to see that, I want you to see what's said, and then I want you to see what's not said here, okay? So at midnight in verse 25, it says, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Now, they weren't, li- I want you to get this now. Here's what was what they di- didn't say here. They weren't praying for God to get them out of prison. They weren't praising God, do something, Lord. They weren't praising God, God, shake this place and do a miracle. They were just praising and praying and singing hymns to God. Praying and singing. What were they doing? They were changing the environment that they were in. Isn't this amazing that in a dark, gloomy prison cell, smelly and diseased, they turned that place into a house of worship. I want you to think about that where you're at right now. See, To me, one of the great mistakes that we will make in all of this is is that if God does not become more glorified in our home, more honored in our home, and when I say that, I mean that not just that we're giving our tithes and offerings, not just that we pray over our meals, but that our houses become houses of worship. Not just a house of worship, but our houses become houses of worship, giving praise to the Lord. See, I don't think you, I think we have to eliminate the mindset right now in our lives that there's a specific place where God's going to show up. Because I think God's going to show up right where you're at right now. I think it, I think this environmental praise that we're talking about I, I'll tell you a passage that I think ties right into this. Right? It's out of um, Psalm 100 in verse 4. And that we quoted it a little bit earlier. We come into, well, look, we come into his gates with thanksgiving and we enter his courts with praise. How important, you'll have to answer this question to yourself. Whether you're a teenager watching this, a child watching this, a single watching this, or a family watching this. How important is it for you to have God's presence in your home right now? How important is it? I mean, look, a lot of folks got Fox News going 24-7 in their home right now, or NBC or CBS, or every day when President Trump gives the coronavirus update. But do you have God's presence in your home? You know, our homes for years have just become places where we sleep, where we eat, where we change clothes, and where we go some get ready to go somewhere else. Now they're places that we are. You can't get to the house of worship to do the place where you normally would gather with other believers. And there is something to be said with corporate worship. But in your home right now, I absolutely believe that if you'll enter his gates with thanksgiving, you'll come into his courts with praise that I believe the whole environment of your home will change. Everything will change. Suddenly, the attitude and environment of our lives begin to change because we praise him for what he is, and we don't have to be at church for that to happen. We can be right in our houses, right in our living rooms, right in our wherever you're at in your study or sitting outside. It doesn't make any difference. That place becomes A place of praise. What a difference. See, when that presence showed up in that prison for Paul and Silas, I think they just were, what they were doing is what we talked about last week. They were encouraging themselves in the Lord and they were getting themselves into a place a couple weeks ago, excuse me, where they were in a place where they could, you know, get their mindset turned on the Lord. Look, you you have no guarantee. The Bible says real clear, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against us in judgment will be shown and be in the wrong. And that's right. But it doesn't say weapons won't be formed against us. It just said they're not gonna work. You say, well, it's working on me. Well, then start doing the things the Bible teaches to make them not work. To make them not work. Environmental praise. What is the environment of your home like right now? What's the environment? Is it an environment of fear? Is it an environment where I don't know what we're going to do? Is it an environment that will I ever get my job back? Is it an environment that, you know, hold on, it's us four and no more. We're just going to take care of ourselves. Or is that environment in your home a place where God's presence? You know, at some point, we have to be careful what we're let running into our house. We have to be careful the stuff that we're letting our kids hear. We have to be careful what we're letting come through the house into our ear. Be, Jesus said it, be careful what you hear. Knowledge is not always power in the right direction. Knowledge of the word will always bring revelation and bring you to a place of understanding where God is. Be careful that you don't allow yourself to get so inundated with information that you're not allowing God's presence to dwell it over you and in your home again. I understand it. Look, it's easy to fall into that trap. but we must we must allow the Spirit to have his way in our homes. When Chuck and I, I was thinking about this this morning, Chuck, when you and I went to Rwanda, you know Chuck and I we snuck, smuggled a, a fender, a Rhodes piano, right? Was it a Rhodes? I think it was a Rhodes. It, it was a Yamaha piano. It was a big old honker heavy. Yep, yep, it was huge, and we smuggled it into Kig- into Kigali, Rwanda. Now, when we went, this was back in the early '90s, and this was like right after the genocide had happened. So, like when we go there, I mean it's it's pretty it's pretty scary there. I mean, you know, one everybody lost somebody. Somebody was machete. I mean, we saw the pictures before we went, and you know how bad it was. I mean, the city was pretty well burned up. People had Everybody had lost people. There were bombs still in the roads that were blowing up. We could hear them at night blowing up when people were going down them. I mean, you could hear all kinds of just crazy, crazy stuff that was going on. And when we were there, and when we preached in these services, we were with Dan and Melinda Kaler from Shining Light. And when we were there, man, Chuck hooked that piano up to their sound stuff. And those people, they were into it. Now, before... Before the piano came, all they had was a Crisco oil can with rocks in it. And they would just, remember that, Chuck? They would just shake it. I can't move like they move, but they had some kind of deal they could do. I'm doing good to walk and chew gum most of the time. So, but I mean, they would get, they would shake, one person would have that, and that was it. I mean, that was their only, that was the rhythm section. And uh, I suppose that was rhythm. I'm not real sure what it was, but, (laughs) anyways. And so when we were there, we'd play this, and people would come from everywhere, wouldn't they, Chuck? I mean, people would come from all over Kigali and would come down, would walk down, and we might start with three people in the building, and then by the time we were done at six o'clock in the evening, that place would be filled up with people, people standing outside. I mean, it was really it was really amazing. But see, that's, that's only part of the story. Because there was a spirit of grief over that city. It really was. Even in the churches. I mean, just the devastation was so great. We can't even imagine how bad we've not had. Maybe back in the Civil War would be something close to what, what they experienced, um, what's happened in our nation. But when Chuck and I left, the, um, we came home and we had the opportunity uh, to go over to Family Life Radio. And we were talking Um, they they asked us to come on the air and share our story about being there. And um, while we were there, before we had gone, we started hearing testimonies um, that were coming from some of the NGOs that were there that were helping the people. And what they said was, is that before there was mourning and crying in the city, and they said, now in the evenings, you can hear the praises of the people throughout the city. What had happened was, and we're not saying the piano did that, but we know it helped, but what had happened in the city is the people took responsibility to create a new environment. And when they did, their captivity turned. I mean, Psalm 8, I don't have time to turn there this morning, but but look, in Psalm 8, it tells you that God has ordained praise. He's ordained the, 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 the praise to, to give us strength. that it will shut up the adversary and it will still the avenger. And here's what happens. See, when we begin to create an environment, and this can happen in your car, this can happen in a barn. I've had it happen out in my barn. Uh, This can happen in the house, in the basement. It can happen anywhere. It can happen in the church, at the grocery store. When we change the environment around us, things begin to happen. And one is, that you say, well, God just showed up. No, God was already there. What you did is you showed up. You showed up. You got your mind and your attention focused on him whose presence and angels are with you. And when that happened, manifestations begin to take place. See, whether you know it or not, my friend, in your house right now, there are angels in your home right now. Whether you know it or not, the very presence of Jesus Christ is there. And you might be so sucked into all this junk that's going on, all this reports, but here's the thing. If you would change that environment by changing your mouth to begin to give thanks and to begin to praise the Lord. Now, I'm not telling you to thank God for the virus or thank God for the problems. That isn't what I said. We give thanks in all things for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us, according to what the Bible teaches us. What we do is we just start taking a praise break. You know we take water breaks we take a praise break we just stop and begin to praise him now the cool thing is is that when we begin to think back about things the Lord has done we're already into memorial praise but we can enter in and change in this environmental praise as we begin to give glory honor Lord I praise you that you are my king you're my Lord and my Savior you are master over my home open up the scriptures and just begin to make Open the Psalms and begin to make declarations over your household. And i want to finish with this one here, because we talked about memorial praise and we talked about, uh, we talked about the praise that changes environments. And this next one is I, I just encourage you with this one. It's called predictive praise. Where are you going? See, praise is the manifest manifestation, the first manifestation of your faith. Praise is the first manifestation of your faith. How you praise is determining, is, is a definite evidence of the faith that you have. When I say predictive, I'm talking about prophetic. Where are you going? What are you going to see happen this week? What's going to go on? You know, we're already hearing, you know, things that how bad it's going to be, but what are you predicting over your life? How about you're predicting I'm going to live and not die and declare the works of my God? How about you're going to declare that I'm going to prosper and be in health, even if I can hear the amens out there somewhere in, in TV land? <laughs> I mean, what are you declaring over your finances? What are you declaring over your children? No plague or calamity will come nigh my dwelling. Listen, all those things are you doing predictive prayer, they're manifesting your. Faith. They're showing your faith, and 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 I, I'm going to read two pass. I will tell you about two passages, and then we'll wrap up here this morning. The first one is found in the book of um, Psalm 67. It's one of my favorite verses, and this is what it says in verse five: Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then, and you, if you write in your Bible, you underline that word. Then the earth shall yield her increase, and God. Our own God shall bless us, and God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. This verse says specifically that the manifestation does not come until the praise comes first. Because praise, the earth will yield as the people pray, because praise is that manifestation of your faith. You know, we talk about that immemorial praise, we're praising God for what he has done, and In in our praise that we do in environmental praise, we're praising God for who he is. But here's what we're doing in predictive praise. In predictive praise, we're declaring what he will do. What he will do. Now, we can only declare what God says he will do, that that's what he will do. And so when we do predictive praise, we're making a declaration. I heard the voice of the Lord say this, praise is the forerunner of your faith. It's the front man of your faith. It's what's out in front of you already working on your behalf. Those words that you're releasing in praise before out of your mouth are the forerunner. The for, you know, they're the person that's out there ahead of you. Your praise is what's out ahead of you doing the work, preparing the way, and getting everything ready. It's creating capacity for you and I because what we're doing is we're predicting not just to get through the day, which a lot of people are right now but we are predicting what's going to happen tomorrow. Where am I going to be tomorrow? Where am I going to be this week? Where am I going to be in a month from now? Where am I going to be in two months from now? And I mean, I'm not just talking about, well, this will all be over and it'll all get better. I'm not talking about government bailouts to help us get through all of this. I'm talking about where, what are you predicting from the word of God over your life, over your ministry, over your future that's going to happen for you, over your health? What are you saying? Over you. What are you predicting that God's going to do in your life right now? That's that predictive, prophetic praise. And I I love it. I'll wrap up with this last one. I promise I only had one more. And that's out of 2 Chronicles 20. You know, the people when they knew that God was with them and God gave them a word and said that, look, you won't have to fight in the battle, just stand still and see the salvation of your God. You know what they did? They determined to praise him. Now they put the praise out front. The forerunner, right? There it is. They put this, they got the army together in the morning, early in the morning, and they put all the praise team out in the front and said, look, lead us, lead us. And so everybody behind them, was, it wasn't just the praise team was singing. And it says that they began to declare, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And I want you to see that the praise team, now watch this now, because if you get this, man, this is gonna help you so much. Let's just think of it here. I'm in the front. I'm the front guy in the praise team, okay? I'm in the, I'm the front guy, in the, and behind me is all the other worshipers. <coughs> all the army is behind me, and we're all going out to battle, and it's in the morning, and we're marching along, and we're saying, praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever, because we know God has given us a word and that he is going to be with us, and we're not going to have to fight in this battle. I want you to think that even though you might see me in the front of the line, this is not the front of the line. I get it. This is I am not the front of the line because out over the edge there, out over the in the valley that I can't even see, look, I can't even see what's going on over there, but out there in front of me, this praise that I'm doing back here in this predictive praise in this army, They may all see me as the front of the art, but here's what's happening. Everything that we're declaring is way ahead of us and is preparing the way for us. And so when they get up to the edge, their praise has already produced because their faith was released through that praise and their predictive praise produced an incredible miracle that all of that army, all of them, Three armies that were there turned against each other, wiped each other out, and were gone. The guy in the front line, he didn't know how this was all going to go down. I don't know what's happening up there. It's not up to me how God chooses to make this happen. But what is up to me is to remember what he said and begin, I hear the shouts in your home right now. I see some of you jumping up out of your seat just saying, glory, glory to God, that's for me. See, when you and I, when we will do this in our lives, when we will stand and and, and we'll say, look, I'm going to praise. Him predictively, I'm saying, God, you're out in front of me. You're out working ahead of me. If if they said my company's shutting down, you're already out there getting me another job, Lord. If they say that my income's going down, you're already out there bringing finances towards me that it's coming in, Lord. If they're out there saying there's no cure, I know you're out there already working a cure, Lord God, Lord. If they say that, you know, and it just goes down the line, whatever they say, whoever they are, look. They are not God, and when God says something, our responsibility is to begin to create predictive praise out of our mouth and begin to declare the works of our God. I'm gonna ask the worship team if you guys will come back up and uh, praise the Lord. We're gonna praise him. I, I feel this in your home. Look, and I don't know what I, I feel today in the spirit that oppression is breaking. I really do, I feel that in, I just, I feel that, you know, that vice that's been around your head. Somebody that's been really struggling with your hip, uh, you know, just really having a lot of pain in your hip. I I feel the presence of Almighty God coming on you as you begin to predict and begin to declare. You know, and you say, well, everything's going good right, well look, get out in front of it. Listen to me, get out in front of it, whatever. Get out in front of the economy. Get out in front of the politics of it all. Begin to declare what God has said. Remember what God has done. Remember, memorial prayer is so powerful. You know, Sharon and I so many times have had to look at each other. I know she's at home today watching because we had to limit how many were here. But I remember so many times Sharon and I looking at each other and going, we have never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. We might have been down to our last can of beans sometimes, and we were. But God always had a way, and God always provided. We never had to beg for help. God helped us. He was out ahead of us as we praised him. That's what God wants to do for you, my friend. Look, this thing, to be broken, we got to get the praise out ahead of us we got to, all of this fear stuff is just trying to rob your praise. That's all it's trying to do. It's trying to rob your faith, but it's, it, it starts by <laughs> shutting your mouth. Well, I, I don't know if I could say, I don't know if I want to say that. Well, look, if it's what God said, then say it. You'll get in faith. You'll get in faith. You need to change the environment of your home right now. Has it started to become a place of strife where everybody's on edge? Everybody's fussing with each other. Everybody's getting upset about just, I'm so bored. I want to get out of here. I'm tired of being here. Change the environment, friend. Well, when they get on, I just hope everybody will do that. You do it. Don't worry about them, okay? You just do it. Change that environment. And then the third thing there, predictive. Let's get out ahead of it. Let's begin to declare the works of our God out ahead. Look, I am predicting a cure for this virus amen i'm predicting it you say well god's the cure yes he is but i'm predicting that god supernaturally is going to guide our scientists and the people working round the clock with a cure a cure super it's going to be powerful they're going to know they'll know that it wasn't this them that it was the hand of god that helped them through this i predict that we're going to see a growth in our economy not because virus is over, but because that we're going to see the growth because people are turning their hearts to God and calling on the name of the Lord. I can't tell you how many people I've had contact me, I wouldn't do that to, to share their names, but people that have contacted me, turning back to God this last week, turning their lives back over to the Lord, repenting and saying, Lord, help me, I need help. Predictive praise, let's get out ahead of this, amen, let's get out ahead of it. Let's predict that the church will never be the same again. I hope not. I hope that we're not gonna be like the, t- the virgins. 50% of us are ready and 50% of us are one not ready. Just thinking, well, I got other stuff to do and I'll get ready when it's time. I hope we're all ready, 100%, all the time, amen. I don't ever want Amazing Grace to go back to be what it was. I want it to be better than it was, amen. I don't want you to go back to what you were. I want you to be better than you ever were before. In your walk with God. Amen. As we're praising the Lord, I'm going to ask you if you would, in your home, if you would join us and sing this with us. And um, what are we doing? I, huh? Okay, famous for. And as we praise him, I believe that God's going to touch you right there in your home. If you're in need of healing right now, just reach your hand to that part of your body where you need healing. And let's we're going to believe God with you. We're releasing our faith here. And then begin to declare that he is famous for those things. He'll heal your body. Provision is on the way. God's working in your family. Amen. Let's praise him. Make way through The Lord. Well, listen. I know you'd probably like to just stay here and worship all day. These guys are so awesome, anyways. And uh, but uh, you can play all this over again. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. Let this just keep soaking into you. Get in His presence today. This is the Lord's day. Every day is the Lord's day, but take time and worship Him and allow His work to take place in your life. I felt the anointing and destroying. Uh, yokes of bondage I really did uh, on folks I, I felt it in the spirit and uh, you know I just know as your pastor that you and I together with Jesus Christ and our team together we're going to do everything we can we're going to get through this and we're going to come out on top not out on the bottom don't forget this let this be a word to you this week you're the head you're not the tail you're above only and you're not beneath God bless you have a great day today we'll see you tonight at six.